This episode is proudly brought to you by our mates at Neds. Josh, you won't believe which Victorian club is circling for Eagles youngster Harley Reid. Is it Essendon? Well, you got to click on it. What do you mean? It's clickbait. Is it Essendon or not? You have to click on it. It's Essendon. Georgia just texted me it. Well, God. Which Victorian club's jersey would Reid look best in? Um, okay, I know this. Um, Carlton, it's a pretty bold strip. Maybe... Maybe nah, Geelong, nah. he's like, he's kind of from that nah, area. Uh, 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 nah. Hang on. No. Just the, click it. You get way less drivel than this on the Neds app with The Wrap. Stay up to date with the latest videos, articles, including insights, tips, and analysis, plus Ned's unique take on everything about your favorite sports and racing codes. But it's not just AFL. There's NBA, UFC, horsey racing, and NRL news, plus much more. Download the Neds app now and look for The Wrap tab for the latest content taken to the Neds level. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to an episode of Just Bricks, brought to you by the Kick It Forward podcast and sporting news. I'm Disgrace Sports Journalist Josh Garlop, and these are Giorgio Savini and Harry Fitzgerald, and we're here to talk all about basketball this week. Of course, as I said, with sporting news. How are you going, guys? Good. Uh, my good, good, field good. of expertise. <laughs> You could say, so, thanks it. for having me on the pod. No worries. Uh, it's been a very big week. Uh, Giorgio, how's your fantasy team going? Oh, mate, thanks for asking. Actually, I don't care, but go on. Yep. <laughs> Move on then. <laughs> no, no, how is it going? Uh, it's okay. I'm three and two now. Reggie Jackson today, absolutely popping off. Oh, right. Actually, Clippers, full strength Clippers losing to the Nuggets today. I did see that missing their three best players. Jokic, no Murray, no Jokic. Um, Clippers at home, it, it boggles the mind. We're going to have Josh Lloyd on the podcast soon and you might cream your jeans, obviously, because you're a big fantasy fan. But I think that's probably the finite amount of uh, fantasy we can talk about today. We, we have a very special guest on the podcast this week. We're trying to bring you uh, a taste of kick it forward as well as with the basketball fix every single week. This week we have three-time NBL MVP, former NBA player, three-time NBL champion, Bryce Cotton from the Perth Wildcats. Yes. Yes. Golf club, you sir. Might ask him about um, my fantasy team as well, actually. Probably don't. Okay. Guys, there's been some breaking news this week and it's kind of sort of taken over not only the basketball world in Australia, but also internationally as well. Breaking news. Wow, this is like a real newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't touch any of the walls or I might fall apart. Okay. <laughs> no, they fall apart without us touching them, actually. That's right. I got uh, the drill out. Josh Giddy, the mm. boomer in Oklahoma City star, uh... There's a huge story this week. Basically, there was a tweet that came out that suggested that Josh Giddy had an uh, indecent relationship with an underage uh, woman. Now, that sent sort of Twitter into a spiral. Since then, uh, there's a couple of things to note. So this guy, he's the face of Wheat Picks, which now have removed him from all their advertising so far. Um, uh, that, that was of today. So he's, that's about $40 million that contract's worth. Do they want us? For Wheat Picks? Do Wheat Picks want us? I don't think they want us. How many think- do you do? Mm-hmm. I used to do eight. Is that it? That is it. Probably so. explains why you're six, eight, nine, five, nine. <laughs> There's more, more serious things at play right now. But, okay, yes. so the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, player, Josh Giddy is dealing with this accusation. He spoke about it. Yeah, I mean, I understand the question, obviously, but um, no, no right He hasn't stopped playing. A key point is while there's been an accusation and it's been on Twitter and it's since been deleted, uh, the police haven't been involved. The NBA are doing their own investigation. 
the team themselves had stood behind him. Uh, even Brian Gorgian, the coach for the Boomers, came out today and said that he's flying over to the US to support Josh Giddy. But it seems like it's horrendous both ways. On one hand, you have an indecent relationship with an underage person, which would be horrendous. On the other hand, well, the alternative would be, because we don't have enough evidence yet, is that there's these allegations that could be pretty damaging to this guy and pretty impactful if they aren't true as well, Giorgio. 100%. And I think that there's obviously something, like it seems black and white based on it, but there's obviously stuff that we don't know. To me, purely based on the fact that OKC continue to play him. Uh, I don't, I don't, for me, that doesn't matter. I, I think like they're going to stand by their player based on what he says. They have a relationship with that. And right, until but po- even based on the fact that even if Giddy is the one saying, no, it's not true or there's more to it, then that to me adds another layer that we don't know about. I don't think that matters. I don't think you can say that. They have an asset. They want to play their asset. I, I think they don't have a thing like the NRL where they have a mandatory stand down uh, policy in the NBA. So I don't think that matters. What I will say though is, it's all based around this initial tweet, which has some conflicting things in it. Um, it also has some some stuff that looks pretty bad. But what we're seeing is a trial by TikTok basically afterwards. We're seeing like 10,000 TikToks all weighing in of all these guys. Wild new developments and the story about Josh Giddy. An update on the Josh Giddy allegations. Josh Giddy ain't beating them allegations. RIP to his career. Josh Giddy will not face any charges. Andrew Bogut, who is also Australian and a good friend of Giddy, said that the girl lied about her age to him. Josh Giddy. There's so many YouTube videos and they're all just quoting pretty much the exact same tweet. There's no new extra information. It's the same thing. Even like some of the YouTube videos, they'll be 13 minutes long. And the first five minutes are telling you to subscribe to their YouTube page. And then they just show you versions of the tweet. Which reminds us. What's the tweet exactly? Um, Uh, The tweet shows uh, multiple shots of him with what they allege is an underage uh, person. And there's also some talk that potentially there might not be the same people in those photos. But, But the moral of the whole thing is that we need more information and that'll probably come out. Uh, hopefully in the next week or so, Georgia. Not to speculate or anything, but on the chances that, you, you know, worst, what's worst case scenario? Is worst case scenario Giddy literally never plays NBA again and is like prosecuted in the US? Yeah, potentially. Okay. Yeah, you don't really come back from that. Australian basketball fans are very invested in Josh Giddy, mm. but there's so much more to play out. And uh, I think everyone's just going to be watching this pretty closely. Uh, more breaking news? Please. It's exciting when you hear that music, but also a little bit nerve wracking because you're not wa- sure what kind of news is going to come your way. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else like that. Uh, Georgia, I just wanted to ask you, you have a league pass. What's your league pass favourite so far this year? I've had a soft spot for the Pelicans for years purely based on um, fantasy assets. Uh, I I was all on the Zion hype train and I still stand by Zion, even though he probably has, has underperformed. But Pelly's is who I love to watch. Well, my Celtics and <laughs> my Wolves over in the West. Tim you've always been on the Wolves. Uh, yeah, they've been going pretty well, which is good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you've mm. always been on them. And yeah. the Celtics the same year as Who's well. your favourite Timberwolves <laughs> player, Harry? Um, I can't bloody pick. It's like choosing between your children, Georgia. It is like choosing. I've been, been loving watching Indiana. They put up so many shots. They lost to Portland today, but they're just uh, so fun to watch oh. under Rick Carlisle. Tell me about it. Indiana, yes. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Georgia, yeah, some other weird things from the NBA. Uh, yeah, one thing I'd like to see in other sporting codes that happened last week, Greg Popovich jumping on the arena mic at a Spurs game 
uh, Greg Popovich is the Spurs coach and telling his fans, telling the Spurs fans to stop booing former player Kawhi Leonard. Excuse me for a second. Pops on the mic. stop all the booing, let these guys play. It's got all class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. I loved it. He was just like, hey, cut it out. This is... There's no class in this. Cut it out. I kind of don't like Greg Popovich always lecturing people. It's like he got he went at the FIBA World Cup. They came like ninth, and then he's like, "How dare you say these teams shouldn't beat us?" It's like, mate, you just lost. You came ninth or eighth or seventh or whatever against bloody like Lithuania. The population is like one, like three hundredth of you or some shit. And then you're not allowed to question Greg Popovich because he's so esteemed. Yes, he's a fantastic coach, but like you know, they're also his free will. Like, it's fine. Why are they uh, booing him? Because uh, he <laughs> came back to his team. He came back to the Spurs. Yeah, because yeah, basically <laughs> former player playing against, and they all booed. And he's like one of the best Spurs of all time, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one other now. thing. What the fuck, Harry? Bull way. <laughs> one other thing. This I think this goes down as the most unlucky ACL tear in history. So uh, Miami Heat guard Drew Smith, mm. uh, like chasing down a shot, slipped on a piece of paper courtside. Tore his ACL. Oh. Are you going to say banana peel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. So it was just a, a stray bit of paper and it slipped. It was like a napkin or something mm. on the court. I think they were blaming the layout of the court as well. I mm. think there was like a slope or something. Part of the court uh, wasn't the same level and he slipped and season ending injury. That's Ab- just devastating. Yeah, devastating. Uh, ACLs are so bad. Obviously, you know, you've done too. Yep. Did you yep. want to uh, for that? Uh, you know, Drew, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, um, stick it out, mate. Just All right, moving on. Bryce Cotton <laughs> coming on the podcast today. Uh, Bryce Cotton uh, is one of my favourite players to watch. Chris Golding and probably Bryce Cotton, my two favourites to watch in the NBL. But he's such a humble guy, but he's also very competitive. And there was a lot of talk for a long time that he might potentially play for the Boomers because he was trying to get citizenship. But he says today he's pretty much given up. So a really good chat with Bryce Cotton. Thanks to the Wildcats for arranging. Uh, the other thing with the Wildcats is they've got the potential number one dropping the NBA next year, um, Alex Saar. So he was talking about what he's seen from this young guy in a team that's now seven and five. They've had a five game winning streak. NBA on the um, FIBA break right now. So they haven't played on the weekend. And so they've really recovered under a John really in their second year. Are you guys excited for- Well, just before someone qualified talks about Alex Saar, I saw potential. I saw NBA potential when we were at the Cats game recently. That's right. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a pretty bad game, but obviously, Harry, you see things others can't, so <laughs> it's good eye do. for He it. was in, under, and mm. he played. He played uh, Cotton in this says like he's very competitive and he's been amazed by his drive. But I, I did see that game, like Rocco Zakarski, the 17-year-old from Brisbane, he like matched it with this guy, which was probably also a vote of confidence for him as well. All right, uh, so we've got Bryce Cotton today, right. but if you'd like a certain guest, whether that's a comedian, journalist, or a player, uh, send it. Send the suggestion to us at kickitforwardmailbag at gmail.com and we can get them on Just Bricks. We've got a great team with Sporting News and we're building towards the rest of the year. Are you guys ready? Pumped. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. This is Just Bricks brought to you by Sporting News and Kick It Forward. Now, we've got a very special guest today. He's a three-time champion, a three-time MVP, kind of the Prince of Perth, maybe, even though I don't like to associate that name with people I actually like, but... Uh, he's my favourite player in the NBL, Bryce Cotton. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Cheers. Um, must be weird coming back now. You know, when you arrive here first time, it's eight years and all of a sudden you're the veteran in a team. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh, I was actually talking the other day with my teammates and I had said uh, I was the same age Michael Harris was um, my first year. So like when I look at Michael Harris, it's like, 
looking at myself like, wow, that was me my first year in Perth and to see where I'm at now. It's crazy how quick time flies, but um, yeah, still doing the best I can to cherish each moment. Do you still feel like you're from Arizona or do you, when, when people ask where you're from, do you say Perth? <laughs> uh, I'm still from Arizona, but if I come across the right person, I will entertain myself and tell them <laughs> I grew, out here, grew up out here and see how far that conversation will go. You got Jesse Wag stuff still around, obviously, but then, you know, Danny Martin, Sean Redditch, all these other guys hanging out banners. Um, how's your role changed in that time? Like now, are you more vocal, do you think? Have you learned leadership that you didn't, weren't doing prior? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, by default, you know, becoming one of the older guys now, it's uh, me and Jesse, the longest tenured Wildcats. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my voice, obviously, it needs power. Um, it needs to be heard a little bit more. And I have more of a reserved personality. So it's been something I've been trying to work on the past few years. But I think as of lately, I've been doing a pretty good job stepping out of my box. So this year, it's been a bit, little bit tumultuous to start. Like you had a, a bit of a, a pour on to start, a lot of change over in the off season, which is always hard to adjust to. What's been the change? You've been, you're on a five game run right now. You're averaging 28 points a game. Um, what was the shift after that Brisbane game, which I actually went to and we were dressed as cats, but um, that's a different story. But like after that game, what was the shift? Well, we had a big team meeting. Everybody got to vent, speak their mind, uh, whatever they were feeling. And uh, pretty much everybody spoke in the room. And I think some things that needed to be said <laughs> were said. And more importantly, everybody was receptive to the things being heard. And from there, I think that was the spark that kind of helped lead to some of the changes we've made. Uh, of course, there's X's and O's that have changed. But the biggest thing was, I think, that team. You meeting. talk a lot about, you know, things that you find ways to find motivation, whether that's, you know, being overlooked in the NBA for a certain position or overlooked for the MVP potentially some years that you, not necessarily that it's an overt malicious thing, but you just personally use that to motivate yourself. What has been the motivation this year? Uh, I mean, because we're in the middle of the season, I can't give it away just yet, but um, I definitely have some things that are motivating me. I'm always self-motivated, but whenever something external comes my way, um, I just, just like throwing another log into the fire, but as soon as the season's done, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Do, do you find it funny that people think you're so laid back when you know in your head, like you're, you could be a bit crazy, not in a good way. You know what I mean? Do, do how do you separate the two? Cause people, a lot of people don't know how to. No, I, I don't find it crazy that people find me so chill. Cause obviously that's the side I give off when I'm not on the floor, but, um, it's, it's just always been a part of who I am, being able to express myself on the floor um, in ways that I wouldn't normally do, I guess, in my day-to-day -day living. So uh, it's something that I kind of hang on to and look forward to on game nights because it's the chance to, yeah, just be myself completely and let out all my passion. So it, it feels good and sometimes the crowd feeds off it. Is it annoying that Australians don't talk more shit on the court? When I first got here, you know, honestly... It was an adjustment for me. I remember saying like, man, people are just so nice out here. And that's probably why a lot of people thought I was so cool, calm and collected. And then when altercations have kind of happened here and there, um, bands with other teammates, they thought it was uh, like far fetched, but that's, you know, that's what I'm used to. That's how I like to play. But um, yeah, you guys are very, very nice out here. But I always found that funny, even, it's even more frustrating because we're always kind of taught not to do that. Um, then you see guys like Steve Adams or like Josh Giddy even who are pretty, pretty quiet. But if they're dropping 30 on you, 
Does that hurt more if they're, if they're not? If you're like Chris Golding has 40 but doesn't say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes that could be annoying because you want to get a rise out of the player and sometimes when they're just so cool, calm, and collected, it makes it that much more of an insult to injury. But, um, yeah, luckily uh, we haven't been on that side of the stick too many times. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our mates at Ned's. Harry, we're not experts when it comes to sport, right? Speak for yourself. Oh. Well, we're probably closer to Nuffies, right? Once again, my friend, speak for yourself. We can't just keep saying speak for yourself. What What are you then? What Where do you sit? Speak for yourself. <laughs> are you broken? <laughs> all right, I'm a casual observer. Okay, cool. Is that all right? Yeah, it's all right, I guess. But um, what okay. are you then? What are you? Expert. Oh. <laughs> but if I do want to take a pun and don't know what to include, I can look at the Neds app, popular same game multis, which lets you copy trending bets. Available on all AFL games every round, Josh. Ned's popular same-game multis are created by the punters or nuffies and shared for other punters. And plus, you can add or remove legs easily to any popular same-game multi. Head to the Ned's app and take it to the Ned's level. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I'll take you back a bit. So your last stop, you've had other stops along the way, but your last stop prior to here was Turkey. There's a stability here in Australia, whether it's actually getting paid or how do you how do you think that compares to when you think back of like when you played in turkey and things like that compared to now uh i think one yeah there's there's drastic differences but i think being able to play in all those different places before coming here helped me appreciate australia for what it all really does bring because um, i think before i came here i played in china and um turkey as well so just seeing I guess the pros and cons to playing over there, living over there, and then coming here, it was like, oh my God, like this is heaven. But I feel if I would have came to Australia first, like when I left the NBA, I wouldn't have appreciated it to to its fullest extent because then that would have been my expectation of what playing overseas is like. But playing in those places first gave me the reality check. And then this was just like, oh, okay, this is beautiful because this is not the normal... um, experience um, overseas. so you've got a couple guys that you know are on NBA radars right now um, uh, Alex Saar who's doing really good what, what have you made of his game so far I think he's done a tremendous job um, he's he's learned pretty well on the fly and I think the biggest thing with him is he has no ego for a guy that's you know arguably going to be top one or top two pick you would think he'd have an ego the size of this room but he doesn't and it doesn't matter whether it's me giving him a suggestion, Jesse or DP, he's all ears and he's just ready to learn. And I think that's going to be um, the testament to how good he could really be as a player down the line. But um, as far as this season goes, you know, I want him to do as well as he can do. And, you know, I never want to see him again because that means he's in the NBA doing his thing. So hopefully uh, we all can get something out of this. Is it a bit surreal? This guy who's playing a, a modified role off the bench, he's, you know, being hyped as the number one or two pick. Um, what, what have you noticed, whether that's at training or that's at, in the game, like athletically or his own basketball abilities that people probably wouldn't be aware of yet? That he's not afraid of the moment, you know, and Alex, he has a pretty reserved personality as well, but I spotted early on, you know, he, he's not afraid of a little confrontation during games and he's got a little bit of uh, spunk about him, which, you know, I didn't, I didn't really expect when first meeting him, but like I said, being on the floor with him, it's he's got like that white line fever, as they call it. And uh, yeah, I, I love that about him. So that, that stands out. A does lot. he like the comparisons with Wembenyama or does he hate it? 
I don't know if anybody asked him that, but uh, who knows? Who knows? I don't know if he does. It doesn't. Um, so there's a lot of scouts coming to games now, and the NBL's grown so much to the fact that, you know, it is a really good pathway uh, for players. Are guys coming up to you that are NBA scouts, you've just dropped 37 in an overtime game or something like that, and saying like, geez, you could still, you know, be a role in a team, in an NBA team. Does that, those conversations happen at all still? Um, nah, like they never come up to me personally or anything, but, um, I think I'm at the stage in my career where it doesn't, like, I don't need them to tell me that. Like, I know what I can do and, um, I just focus on playing where I'm at, but it is cool to know that, um, you know, I'm still able to do this and being in front of NBA scouts and all that. It's just, you know, who wouldn't want to play in environments like that? So it's still fun, but I'm not really looking for the validation, if that makes sense. If the offer came... I don't know, random offer. It's, it's such a silly question because, I mean, the answer is probably yes, but for yourself, would you still want to go over and, like, I don't know, spend a full season contributing to a, a team if the fit was right? Absolutely, yeah. If it was, yeah, a guaranteed contract, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be over there for sure. Yeah, throughout your whole career, you've had a lot of setbacks. You had the early uh, issues with epilepsy and then you've been overlooked for spots for college. You end up at college, kill it. You've always controlled what you could control. Now um, Australian bureaucracy gets in the way. How's that been like to deal with when something that seems so straightforward has been straightforward for other people hasn't been so straightforward? Uh, it's it's only fitting that that's how my life goes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't worry about it too much. And I think luckily because, you know, the Olympics, it was never, um, I guess, a real goal of mine. It was something that kind of came up that could have been a cool opportunity. Um, so it doesn't weigh on me as much as it does, I guess, some of the uh, Red Army fans. Yeah. But um, like I said, it was a cool idea to entertain for however long it lasted. But now that that's not going to happen, I'm not really losing. So you've kind of given up completely now? At the, yeah, the yeah. Aspect of it. Yeah, I've I'd kind of given up on it a while ago, but I'm just voicing it now more. So hopefully people stop asking me <laughs> about it. <laughs> Um, what's, uh, what's, what's your goal throughout the rest of your career? Do you think like, what, what would you like to achieve? So again, um, I, I have a couple things in my mind that I know I want to do, but I'm a very superstitious person, so I can't, can't say it, but if I do it, uh, I'll let you know right away. Okay, uh, cool. It'll probably be a post on Instagram or something. So you're, are you superstitious before games then? Yeah. Yeah. I'm superstitious all around. <laughs> like, like, do you have lucky socks? Do you have a, like, do you have a very strict uh, routine you do every game day or like what, how is it? Uh, yeah, for the most part. So I eat the same breakfast, the same lunch. Um, usually I'll watch some type of stand up comedy before the game to just kind of loosen me up. Cause I get really, I guess, on go, so to speak, come game time. So that stand up comedy just kind of relaxes me and then I'm able to flow into the game, I guess, with a better, better energy about me. What have you been listening, watching lately? Shane Gillis? <laughs> no, nah, I have not been doing that. Um, usually it's, it's some older stuff. Uh, so it could be, could be Martin Lawrence, um, Richard Pryor, which is before both our times, but <laughs> you name it. It, it just kind of depends on my mood, but it's a recycle of just different things I've seen. All right, Cat Williams. Do you still follow the NBA? I don't watch it as much as I did growing up, but I watch certain players now. So I'll watch Dame, any chance I can get, Steph, and 
those are probably the main ones. Like Dame and Steph, I, I try to watch because those are guards, especially Dame around my size. Yeah. And then with Steph, you know, he gets held so much. Um, so do I. So I just like to study um, how he moves without the ball. The game, the, the early games this year, you were so heavily scouted and I guess you guys were just still figuring out your offense and, you know, clicking and things like that. Uh, it looked frustrating to watch because there was double and triple teams coming guys face guarding you. So do you, do you look at how Steph does it because he's so good at it and try and sort of emulate the same sort of techniques? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily emulate it, but um, just he never stops moving. So like even if it's not double team, it, another guy on the other side of the floor has the ball and they're penetrating into the lane. Steph might move from the corner to the top of the key or something like that. So just kind of always having my feet moving. Um, it keeps the defense's head on a swivel as well. So even if I don't get the shot, that creates a shot for my teammate with the ball because they're so worried about me. Well, that, that was the other thing I noticed early in the year was um, previously guys like Wags or, sorry, Jesse Wagstaff, they would just get so many layups from the overhelp. And it's only these last couple of games that started happening again. How do you restart that? Is it just knowing the offense better? Is it just reps because it's a new group? Like how did how do you get that going? Because that ultimately opens up you more as well. Yeah, uh, I would say from a team aspect, yeah, it's just having more reps, building the chemistry. But with Jesse, uh, I mean, I've been playing with Jesse since I came here. So that's, uh, that's kind of etched in stone. That's like riding a bike. We got really, really good chemistry. I know where he wants to be. I know how he likes to play. And vice versa, he knows the same. Uh, you mentioned Dame before that you love watching him because uh, about six foot one uh, guard, generous. Uh, what do you like about his game? Um, just, I mean, because one, I played against him before, so I was shocked that he wasn't as tall as I imagined. We're yeah. almost eye to eye, looking eye to eye. And um, just the way he's able to get his shot off, not rush his jumper, as well as mixing it up, getting into the paint sometimes. I like that balance that he has. And uh, I think for me, it's the same thing. Like, yes, I got the ability to shoot from outside, but trying to pick and choose those balances of when I want to score from deep. And sometimes maybe I need to get into the paint because I can create a shot for me. Or if the defense is so worried, you know, they might send three people into the paint. Now I can throw it to whoever in the key. I mean, at the three and then somebody's wide open. Uh, there's one, another young guy with you guys, Ben Henschel. He had a huge game to start the season. You know, he's in and out of the rotation. But what have you made from him at training? Because he was such a really talented junior. He's still so early on. And sometimes when you have a really big prospect in scouts of games, you know, he can, he can get a bit of attention himself. Um, what have you made of Ben so far? I, I like the, the thing about Ben I like the most is just he's not afraid, you know, and he's always – asking questions, trying to learn more, but his skill set for his age, he's very, very polished, I would say. So it's only a matter of time as he continues to grow and build on that. But um, he's a hell of a player already, but um, he can really, really be good in, in some years to come. You've achieved so much. I've just got a couple more questions. You've achieved so much, mate. Um, what, what's been the highlight, whether that was um, college or the three championships here? The biggest highlight, I would say, um, Throughout my career, might be winning in the Big East Championship in Madison Square Garden. Mm. My mom and my older brother were in the building, and that was pretty cool. Just you know, reflecting on how I had barely even gotten into college, <laughs> to you know, winning a championship against I think Creighton was like number ranked fifteenth in the country when we mm. beat them, and they had Doug McDermott, who was a college player of the year. So to win 
that championship with my mom and my brother in the building, it was crazy to think, wow, like all the way from Tucson to Madison Square Garden, we did something that nobody thought would happen. Not, I'm sure not even some of the Providence fans thought we would pull that off, but we, we did it. You did, and the way you got there too, the way that there's so many players that were potentially ahead of you and then they were so late to offer you a, you know, a scholarship as well. It's unbelievable when it sets up the rest now. Do you, do you find it interesting too, though, your path through the NBA was a bit bumpy and you ended up outside of it, but there's a lot of guys, their careers have ended completely that were the same sort of age that you were playing against that went to the NBA, but they only lasted four years and they don't play at all anymore. Mm-hmm. What's that like to reflect on? Um, I think, again, like a, it's just kind of a testament to how my life goes. Like sometimes you may not always get exactly what you thought was coming, but you roll with the punches and you make the best of it. And one thing that I've always reminded myself of is sure, I may not have played in the NBA as long as I thought I would have or should have, but the fact remains, I still played in the NBA and that was always the goal as a kid. So that's something nobody could take away from me. And I will always remain proud of myself for that. And then knowing, okay, well, once the NBA, I guess, kind of closed this door, I was blessed to find another one and I've been thriving in that as well. So I, I kind of look at it as, you know, getting the best of both. I uh, just had two more questions. Uh, how's your body? I know you've had a couple issues with your body over your career, but how's it feeling at 31? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have an age. I'm just out here living, but uh, <laughs> I, no, I, I feel good. Honestly, aside from that, that surgery I had, I think a few years back, um, you know, I've, I've always been pretty good and my body feels as good as it's ever been so I got no complaints except for the chip in your shoulder <laughs> yeah that, that one's permanently <laughs> stuck there <laughs> there's a lot of young guys next stars in the competition uh, Bobby Clement from the Cairns Alex Tui there's so many has have any stuck out for you when you've played them? yeah um I would say yeah I would say maybe uh oh I'm gonna butcher his name we'll, we'll edit that out what was his name from Cairns uh Clintman, the the Swedish dude Clintman. oh okay I was thinking of the wrong Nah, I'm, I'm gonna just stick with Alex. Oh, yeah. Can I answer that? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stick with that one. Um, yeah, I would say for me, obviously, there's lots of you know great young talent, and it gets better each year with this Next Star program. But I think Alex, for me, he's stood out the most. And um, yeah, luckily because of that, you know, he's on our team, so I uh, don't have to worry about him trying to block my shots or anything during the game. That's great. Uh, Bryce, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Just Bricks. Uh, check out the Perth Wildcats for the rest of the season, maybe a fourth championship. See what's in store. This episode is proudly brought to you by our mates at Ned's. Josh, do you give out many tips? Sometimes. Um, Who's your source? Well, normally Sam McClure. Like he's... <laughs> It's really good. Like I, um, I backed Harley Reid not to make it in West Coast colors, and then and this year, just anything he said, I go the opposite. Congrats! It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good option. Hey, I've got. Um, yeah, what are you? What are you? What well, are you? Have you got a brother in uh, brother in law? Uh no. You need a brother in law for your tips, mate. That's oh, where really? I get mine from. Yeah, I could ask my brother to divorce his wife, and then we can see how we go. But mm, yeah, that'd be the first step, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
I need to speak to Georgie too. He's always real confident with his tips, but they never, ever come off. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop for social betting, check out the Neds app. You can create groups perfect for betting together and ripping on your mates. And if you think you found a winner, you can let them know. Or you might be looking for a hot tip. And you can build a profile and share your bets with your followers. Or you can see what other punters are like on the feed. There's also expert tips on everything AFL from the fantasy pick himself, Tom Rotcliffe, within the Neds AFL Open Group. It's not just for AFL though, Josh. There are other <laughs> open groups for racing. B-ball, UFC, soccer. And he's more. Download the Neds app if you haven't already and take it to the Neds level. T's and C's apply and available on the Neds website. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.